The following is a special presentation from In The Money Media done in coordination with our friends at Monmouth Bets slash Betmakers. I've had the pleasure of hosting these fixed on racing shows over the past several weeks. This one we're going to put on the feed because I think it's going to be of interest to a lot of our audience. It's a show covering the Far Hills races, steeplechase races from out in New Jersey tomorrow, Saturday. Fixed odds betting is available on these races. You got to be in New Jersey for that. I'm not sure what the overall ADW story is, but I know we got a lot of people in the audience who are going to be heading out there to Far Hills. So if nothing else, we put this up there for them. I think you can bet on these races internationally as well. I want to encourage folks to follow at Monmouth Bets on Twitter slash X as a way to get uh, all the information that you need from them. Also, these shows with video get posted on their YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube, there's an at Monmouth Bets channel there. Follow that along and you'll get to see not just uh, this week's, but every week's fixed on racing for as long as we do this, which could be quite a while. Anyway, it's been a great pleasure working with the team over there. And I want to do this as something a little extra that I thought the audience would appreciate as well. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Fixed on Racing. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker. Once again, joined by an esteemed panel to talk us through a really important day, in my view, of fixed odds betting out at Far Hills in New Jersey. Amazing day of racing. I've been going for something on the order of 25 years. It's so fantastic and so much better now with fixed odds betting attached. We're going to talk about that evolution. We're going to discuss uh, who's going to win this uh, this this set of seven races. We'll start by introducing the panel. We bring to you first a man who's been on every single one of these fixed on racing broadcasts. He's in a, he's a got the island vibes on, and that makes sense given that he's coming to us down from uh, Caymanis from Betmakers. He's Dallas Baker. Dallas, what's up? Yeah, live on track today, Pete. I thought I'd put the uh, the tropical-looking shirt on to try to channel in some good weather in my former hometown of New Jersey, uh, the, or that part of New Jersey. We are due for a bit of luck, but uh, there's no point gilding the lily, as we say. It looks like it's going to be rain, but at least the forecast has got better in the last 24 hours, I suppose. Might clear <laughs> so, out for the racing. Might, I'm yeah. hearing it might clear out for the racing. Now, the first time I ever heard of Far Hills, New Jersey, it was due to this man. At the time, he was riding at Far Hills, and he walked away with a grade one victory aboard Rowdy Irishman back in the day. Do you remember that, Sean Clancy? 26 years ago, buddy, 1997. That's when my uh, all my worlds collided, my real friends from New York and my uh, riding, uh, racing um, kind of life. Uh, we. I remember we took the train back uh, from Far Hills. You, Frank, and I, and Wasp. Remember he was with us, and uh, everybody on everybody. I, you guys like he won. He won the big race on Rowdy Irishman, and everybody on the train said, "Yeah, so did I, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> so there, great days. That was fun. Super fun stuff. We also round out our panel with a woman who has a lot of experience looking at jump races from her time at uh, Colonial Downs and a big fan of the jumping game in general, as well as a regular on our In the Money uh, media shows. She's also the race caller at Parks, gets to call some of these jumpers. Jessica Paquette, welcome to the Airwaves. Nice to be here. It's going to be a great weekend of racing. Hopefully the weather cooperates, but one of my favorite weekends of racing of the year by far. Dallas, I know you had a general question to get to before we dive into the specifics of the form here. Why don't we start with that? 
Yeah, well, Pete, I think you know I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be a, a jumps uh, a jumps expert, but we've got two that are, and um, I'd just like to pick both of your brains. Like, what I mean, what are the key elements that you are uh, that you're looking for when you're doing your handicapping um, to work at to work out the the puzzle of jumps racing? Well, I'll start. I, I, the most important thing, and well, it goes for any type of of jump racing, is is the courses and the conditions and ground. Uh, it's you know when you get to Far Hills, as we're talking about the weather, it's very different. It it tends to be soft ground um, at this time of year. So you really want to look for horses who have handled soft ground before. Uh, becomes more of a stamina test, less of a speed test. Generally, the American bred horses aren't really at an advantage when it comes to Far Hills, where you know you'll see a ton of European horses here. They have a slight advantage, or maybe even more of a slight, more than slight, uh, depending on how much rain we get tomorrow. But really, it's about courses. When you see horses thriving at the major tracks, flat tracks, firm ground, and horses who excel at uh, at at more of stamina type courses, and you know the, the spring courses and the fall courses, some of them are just real stamina tests, and other ones are real speed tests. Yes, how that's about exactly it. Yeah, Pick that's up exactly that it. Red. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. too, you're looking at the footing and the kind of ground they're going over, and I want to see horses that are coming in with that really solid base of fitness and conditioning. You can get away, I think, on a tighter, harder course if you're maybe not a thousand percent fit. But this is re these really do become true tests of stamina. What about the lack of numbers? I think we have a lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot of our typical viewers here who are so used to predicating their bets on, you know, a buyer speed figure or something like that. Jessica, is there anything that can sort of substitute for that? Or, or how do you go about the lack of having that type of piece of quantitative data? Well, I know this isn't always the most popular opinion. I'm not really a big numbers person. To me, handicapping a race is a much different kind of puzzle. And it, you know, horses can't read the form. They don't know numbers and they can have great numbers and then just be horses. And things go a different way with, with animals. So for me, I kind of take each horse as an individual on the day and what you, you try to figure out the puzzle from there. So the numbers don't bother, the lack of numbers really doesn't bother me, but you do have to get a little bit of, be creative if you're going to try to find a path forward. Sean, I know you obviously grew up a, a horseman and numbers aren't primary in the way that you first learned to, to handicap and look at races, but over time you've incorporated them to some of the work that you do on the flat, on the bloodstock side and on the wagering side, where you're also a successful better. What do you do in on the jump side to, to try to substitute for that relying on other fundamentals? What else do you, do you bring in? Yeah. I mean, look, if I, I mean, I do better when I'm looking at connections, looking at type of horses, looking at pedigrees, looking at form rather than numbers. Anyway, I'm going to even at the flat tracks and, and the rest of the time when we're, when we're handicapping. So in a way it doesn't bother me at all. Um, sometimes I get skewed by numbers. So I think in a way, if you don't have those buyer numbers glaring at you and those kind of things, maybe you, maybe you kind of keep it more of an open mind, but it, it's handicapping like anything else. You're looking at class, you're looking at connections, you're looking at intentions when, when, you know, you can, see a trainer do something that this is obviously the intended target you know my knowledge of american steeplechasing i know the tracks and i know the courses so i you know i tend to okay these are these are better type races if you look at nashville the iroquois and i think it's pw is the is the uh, percy warner's abbreviation 
you know, that's a, that's a, that's the best spring meet. So a lot of that form will carry over in Nashville, t- similar type racing. Um, so you look at those type of courses, I know the ground. So I'm always looking at, you know, what type of ground they were on and, 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 and you know, how does that correspond? Far Hills is such a one-off because it does, it is, it's all, it seems to always end up being soft ground. So Far Hills specifically, very much ground and course um, experience and, and ability for sure. Dallas, my hope is that maybe the bookmakers, usually so reliant on uh, speed numbers, et cetera, are maybe at a little bit of a disadvantage to the likes of Sean and Jessica. And with that in mind, we can give out some uh, give out some nice prices here and horses. We're going to make everybody some money on this uh, on the show. But I did want to ask you specifically from a bookmaking point of view um, how you think this changes things. Is that a right idea that maybe the punters can get a little bit of an edge here? Well, I, I think the punters hope the bookmakers are wrong all the time because that, that gives wrong prices and you can get good prices and win on it, Pete. But look, it's the same. I mean, look, um, I one one thing's for sure is I won't have any say in the prices this week for yet at, uh, at Far Hills because uh, I'll, I'll plead ignorance there. But it's the same sort of mix that goes into it, the, the formulas that go into it. Whilst there's no numbers, I mean, um, or, you know, limited numbers, there's still a lot of other ways that the algorithms can run. And also, too, then it just becomes a little bit more of a, of a polish thing, uh, just a, you know... Um, the algorithms will only ever go so far, um, and then it and then it really is the layer of polish of it that I think steps you aside from a um, the one what you're successful as as a bookmaker, which is beating the punters. So um, that that final final wave of polish is always probably the most important thing for finiting a book that you're actually focusing on, which we are with Far Hills this weekend. So hopefully the people are doing it get it right, Pete, from our end. But I think everybody else watching it hopes we get it wrong. But as you're saying, yeah, it is. It does have that extra complexity to it, and uh, any complexity makes it more difficult. The more difficult it is, the more likely we're to, we're to make mistakes. Monmouth Bets—that's the place you can go to be wagering. Is there that now? I'm committing a total host fail. Asking you a question, Dallas, to which I do not know the answer. Will there be live fixed odds betting at Far Hills, or is this all going to be online? Uh, it will, we also do the tote at Far Hills through our global tote as well. Um, a few years ago, they moved away from having tellers there, um, and it's just all—it's all phone-based betting at Far Hills. So um, we'll have a team on the ground of about 12 people wandering around as a, a promotional street team. Uh, also, Big Zach, Billy Pascrell, um, 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 Daniel Lugo, uh, Brian Rogers and uh, Johnny Herald will all be there as part of our team as well. So whilst it won't be live on track betting, you'll be able to download the app. And the good news is that we were speaking to a guy from, um, from, uh, from Far Hills. The, the mobile phone boosting is out of this world. Um, so yeah so they've really it's it's like four or five times what it has been so anybody who has been there before and struggle with mobile phones um from in theory it should be perfect this weekend so it's definitely been a lot of work done on it so yeah not not actually tell us but um download the app and if any problems there just look for people in the the bright pink shirts which will stand out <laughs> We do tend to make our presence felt, um, so you'll be able to see them there. But or if you if you're not not on the track, just um, you know download the app or download the app or go to Monmouth Bets, whatever you prefer. And the great news is, someone like Sean, who's not a New Jersey resident, while he's in New Jersey, still eligible to download the app to fund an account and to take advantage of some of the promo offers. Let's hit those real quick, Dallas. If you know any of the promo offers for this uh, weekend, yeah. into the form. Same same thing as normal, Pete. Um, we'll have we'll have a money back for mainly second with the smaller fields in um uh that far hills. So but it'll be mainly money back for second, as we always say for that. Check the website morning of 
and scratchings will obviously can have an impact on that. But the standard sign up bonus of fifty dollars uh, for any new account holder. That's just in free bets. You sign up, you get that. There's no there's no strings attached. It's free bets. It's not money to withdraw. You've got to bet it, bet it. Right. And if you're an existing account holder, um, you put in uh, we deposit match for fifty bucks in an extra fifty bucks in bonus bets. So, uh, and there'll be a deposit code up on the screen. And uh, I met the made the cardinal sinner not checking what the deposit code is, Pete. So when we do the editing. There's the deposit card. <laughs> Pops right up on screen as if on cue. Great stuff. Um, let's dive into these races, team. Mom bets the place to go to uh, take advantage of all that stuff. Uh, download the app, go to the website, etc. Race number one on Saturday, 1250. We start off going a two and an eighth for the three-year-olds in the Gladstone. I believe, Sean Clancy, this is a race you have some history with. And uh you know, you got a bunch of runners today, too. So I'm curious to obviously we'll be, you know, listening to your analysis through that prism as well. But uh, this one, I think it's more of a, of a historical interest from your point of view. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, well, in the years past, I mean, look, you just would go for Gordon Elliott in this race. I mean, he comes over very much, uh, targets this race. If you look back at the last several runnings, he's had a winner over that three-year-old. They, they get started over there earlier than the American horses. I mean, really, there's no place for an American-based three-year-old to run until Shawan Downs, which if that's just September 30th. So the, the European horses always have an advantage when it comes to this race. I, having said that, I don't think this is his strongest horse. Uh, Kyogo from the outside. I mean, he won that race at Perth was a three horse affair. He had he had the other horse. Um, visually, the horse wasn't that impressive. It was kind of looking around. He was drifting out, almost ran out to the parking lot. So uh, I'd take that into consideration. Uh, from the American side, I thought uh, Lightning Ridge was good at Chowan. I mean, he beat a bunch of these. Uh, Anzio was okay. Um, St. John's, I think, is interesting, and I'll be—I'm going to give—I'll uh, be full disclosure, man. I bought St. John's for Jack Fisher and Bruton Street, and I'll tell you, anytime I'm talking about a horse, if I if I have anything to do with it, so then you realize I'm. I'm not as objective as I probably should be, but uh, his platform is very good. If he can handle the ground and jumping, um, you know, he's a solid horse. Now it, it takes a lot for a first time starter to go to far Hills and win, um, especially against these European type horses. If a lot of, a lot of experience over top of them. If I held you your feet to the fire to make a selection, where would you go, Sean? Uh, I would go, um, I think it's tough. I, I mean, I would just look for value on the day. I mean, I think I might try to beat Gordon Elliott. If he, I mean, it's four to one morning line, which I'd be surprised. Our boy Wes is the other European horse. His jumping wasn't very good in his last start. I, I, I would be, a, I would be a little concerned about the way he jumped. Um, so I'd, I'd just go for price. I'd look for St. John's or even Clifton down. His flat race was pretty good. One of the keys when you look at these, you see the workouts. That's a training flat race. So so you can see Clifton down had a training flat race at Middleburg uh, last week. He finished second to horse named Scano who runs in the last race. So there there's a little, you know, things like that you want to kind of take a take a look at and pay attention to. Yeah, you can see that right in your your past performances where uh, they're identified. Sometimes they're identified as TR. In this case, you can just kind of tell because you, you know it's a mile and a quarter workout, so you know the, you know there's something a little more going on. Jess, let's bring you in for a thought on this one. Any more any more clarity as far as how we're going to try to get started off with a winner? Probably not that much more clarity. I'm mean, to the outside. Kyogo deserves some respect, obviously, with those connections in the European form. But I am a little bit also intrigued by St. John's, uh, of course, trying in jumps for the first time. 
hard spun to me can do no wrong as a sire, both the flat horses of jump horses of show horses. I have yet to actually see a hard spun gelding in person that I don't like. And I assume this one would go right along with that. They're just, they're built to be athletes and that translates to any job you're asking them to do. And probably a little bit of a cue in as physicality based as Sean is on these uh, purchases that he's making that we're dealing with a with a pretty good looker there in the form of. Sage. And I think Sean and I have very similar taste. If we're, <laughs> exactly. well, we'll get to that later in the card, but I think we have very similar taste. Let's pivot to our second race on the card. Uh, we are got the four year olds now and we're going two and an eighth miles. We've got uh, a field of seven going post for Jess, we're going to keep this with you. I'm not being particularly clever here. I think the three Calico for Gordon Elliott just looks awfully tough, mostly very consistent. I always do wonder how they move forward off of the Lasix kind of when they do come over, especially on a course like this is probably going to be, that is going to be pretty demanding and taking a lot of them. I do wonder if the Lasix gets him a little bit further. I think Calico just looks very tough. On your represented in here by Rocket One, owned in conjunction with our friends at 10 Strike Racing. We're always yammering on about on the uh, In The Money Media Network. How do you feel like you stack up in here going for uh, the three-timer? And uh, who do you have to worry about the most? Uh, yeah, Rocket One's had a good year. I mean, I love the horse now. If you look, he's very American. I mean, he's in the mischief out of a fleet. Alex, I don't think he really certainly shouldn't move up on soft ground, although the into mischiefs, I think, I mean, as we've seen on the flat, they're tough and they're rugged. And uh, he's been a lovely horse. I, I thought out of the two races at Shawan Downs, Total Joys race, if you look, that was a numbers of two where Rocket One won a handicap. The numbers of two was 10 seconds faster. Total Joy won by 10, uh, undefeated in two starts. Um, I think he's very very good. Calico's tough. She's run. This is her, this will be her 23rd start over jumps, which is hard to believe for a three-year-old filly. Um, but she's done. She's climbed the ladder. I mean, it took her a while, but her handicap mark's gone up. Obviously Gordon Elliott's dangerous. Um, the rest of them chosen judge was good. First time out. Um, the rest of them probably have a little bit to find, but uh, I'd probably go total joy Calico rocket one, I guess maybe. All right. I like that five, uh, Five, three, and one for you. How different was that course the other day at uh, at, at the track that the the, the, the those uh, common races come out of? Was it is it similar to the Tar Hills experience, or or is it a different yeah. animal? Well, the ground was similar. It usually, like last year, was it was firm. I mean, very firm. This year, it was it had a pretty good cut in it, so it was pretty tiring ground. So I think horses that did run well at Shawan should at least run. They they should correspond to Far Hills. Um, so and that course is it's. A long uphill finish not as demanding as far hill far hills it's right-handed but um it, it's it's a perfectly legitimate course this year i'd say slightly um slightly more conducive to far hills just because of the ground that ground. they yeah. ran over a couple weeks ago race number three we've got stakes action in the form of the foxbrook hurdle hundred thousand in the pot we're going two and a half miles sean who's your idea of the winner uh, look, I mean, I, again, I'm not, I, I have awakened in here. Um, and I'm not certain I'm going to run them depending on the ground tomorrow. Uh, you can you, send them right to the farm with me. If you want. Just put <laughs> them on yet, a trailer and send, and send them to new England. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, I mean, awakens lovely, but you know, he's by curling out of daydreaming soft grounds, not his thing. You can look at the only poor race he's ever run was on soft ground or yielding ground last year at far Hills. 
if they get a bunch of rain tomorrow, I, I'm leaning toward maybe not running him. I think the, the hero next door is very good. I mean, he's uh, his first two starts were brilliant. He came back in a training flat race at Foxfield. He stormed home there, uh, should handle the ground. Um, he beat, I mean, Cool Jet, the other horse of mine, um, Cool Jet beat him in Nashville, but the hero next door had me. I mean, the hero next door fell at the last he had put away cool jet. He's going to win. I mean, that's just fact. Um, so hero next door is very good. Larry Imperator is very good as well. I mean, he's grade one form was good at Belmont. Um, I, I think just visually, when you look at a horse, the hero next door is tough. Now this is stretching him out two and a half, a little farther, but, uh, he's a real star that horse. Sounds like the one to beat Jessica. How about you in here? So this was one of those races where I got very suckered in by a horse that I am kind of sentimentally a big fan of awakened. I saw him kind of first couple of starts early in his, in his hurdle career at colonial. And from the moment I saw him, this is a horse that he jumps like a star. He loves the job. He's been a lot of fun to actually watch develop into a really top class American jump horse. And I bet he'll be a top class American hunter when he is done doing that, doing this. But I, I, you know, if, I was concerned about the soft ground for him. He is one that does not seem to want to go over that sort of surface. The hero next door seems like a real star on the rise. Race number four, we've got a two and an eighth miles in front of us for the P-Pack, 75,000 in the pot, field of eight going forward. Um, some pop culture names. If we had time, I'd make all kinds of gags. But Jess, instead, <laughs> we're just going to try to get you to tell us who's going to win. So I'm being trying to be a little bit clever here with uh, Can You Do the Twist, the four for Arch Kingsley. This is another horse that I've seen at Colonial over the past couple of years who I became quite fond of. She was fun to watch, and I think she's been interesting to watch develop as well. She was almost like a straight-out runoff pretty early in her career over fences where she would just would grab the bit and go, and then she'd get really tired because she just wore herself out way too much and she's gotten seemingly a little bit more adjustable and a little bit more rideable as she's gotten older and i think over this sort of demanding ground you have to be a little bit adjustable sounds like a pretty fair assessment sean how do you see this one uh look i wish i could be clever here i think say goodbyes uh stand out in here gordon ellie brings her over for rob core who we know from their exploits over there uh she's done it all over there will handle the ground um i think she's an absolute standout gold charm is very good as well i mean she's you know run on firm ground here she is irish bred so you, know, you think she might be able to handle the soft ground but even when she was running before over there she's sticking to good ground by golden horn there they like good ground so i don't think she's going to improve on soft ground i think say goodbye if i was going to single one horse on the day it'd be say goodbye for sure potential best of the day from sean there let's move to race number five we've got more river d participation you truly are all over this card sean that's good to see uh let us know what you think of your contingent and of course give us uh, who you think the biggest dangers would be yeah, I mean Gordon's jet. Um, he's he's okay. His, his spring form was really good. Um, summer form was poor. I mean, I, we ran him once at Saratoga to see if he could handle that type of trip. He didn't. I sat close and and really had no weapons on a on a firm tight course. So I think this is getting back in his wheelhouse. Having said that, he's carrying 158 pounds. Top weight in here gives weight to other horses. Uh, presence of mind is probably the, the, the best horse. I mean, he's five to two. I'm not really giving you anything that special, but I thought his comeback race was good. Um, his form before that was good. Um, you know, beyond those wicked West needed that race at Foxfield. I thought he, his race in Nashville was good. 
Um, the rest of them are tricky. I mean, I, I think Gordon's jet will run fine. I, I, I don't like the top weight in the race, but, uh, hat carrying top weight and he doesn't necessarily improve on soft ground either. If you look at his European form, he was usually running on good ground, but, uh, presence of mind's probably the horse to beat, although you're not getting much value there. Jessica, who do you like in this field of nine? So I like presence of mind. I think second start kind of coming back off of that pretty significant layoff. And it is interesting. You handicap the jump races and there are things that if I was handicapping them, and this was a field of flat horses, yeah. those kind of layoff lines would be so troubling and an immediate red flag and at a, at a short price, especially would be a toss for me. So Sean, for like people that don't know, what are the horses often doing when we see these big layoff lines for them? I mean, I hate to say it, but usually over jumps, they'd probably bowed their tendon and then yeah. they give them a year off and we bring them back very slowly. They, um, they get turned out, live in a field and kick the heck out of each other and the buddies. And, uh, I mean, sadly in this sport, that's really the the biggest issue we have is we, we get tendons. And usually when you see a year off, it's a tendon, um, and you can see they come back, they come back fine. Um, so, and that is with a soft tissue injury, you just need time. It is typically, you just need time. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, we get a lot of tendons where a flat, you get a lot of chipped chips and mm -hmm. you know, knees and ankles. Steeplechasing in this country, certainly we get more tendons and suspensories. So usually if you see a big year off, that's what it is. They And they come back fine. I mean, I, we have real sportsman type owners. We get a tendon. We're like, well, we'll just you give them a little stall rest, controlled turnout, kick them out for six months. They're out in the big field bring them in when they're ready and, and try again. And if they don't hold, we then they go be Fox hunters or we call Jessica and say, Hey, here's your horse. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that to use the difference, right, Jess, in terms of why the layoff, the culture and the way the reason for the layoff and, and the way of dealing with it, not the same negative to you on the jumps. I'm guessing that's where you were going with that. Not yeah, Not at all. Those are things that are, that I take when I'm handicapping these things as really not that alarming. I understand that there's you know usually a reason that a horse went to the sidelines, for sure. But I also understand that they're not kind of coming right off the bench to a race either, that there's kind of a base level of conditioning and fitness and work on the farm and whether it's hacking out or kind of building back to that, that's been done before they get into the starting gate or starting second, line. second off the, that's right. Starting line, yeah. second off the layoff um, with recency from a condition point of view does seem like a horse that should move forward. Dallas Baker, we're going to bring you back in here because we're up to our featured race of the day. Race number six, grade one action in the form of the Grand National. And this is a race for which we have a, a, a market that's beginning to take some shape. Can you talk us through what you're seeing? Absolutely. As we film on Thursday, the only market we have up is the Grand National, Pete. And your favorite is Salvador Ziggy at $2.10, just ahead of Sedan at $2.60. Uh, under double figures is Snap Decision at $6.50 and double figures the rest. Jessica, what do you think of those prices? Where is your eye drawn when you hear them? My eye is just always drawn to Snap Decision, and I do think he's up against it. I don't think this is exactly the kind of, the kind of surface that he really is his best over, but he is just such a wonderful horse to root for, and I think very capable of still having, yeah, I think he has another really big monumentous win in him. The old glory days run you're looking for from snap decision. One one for old time's sake. <laughs> Sean, how about you? What do you think of this year's Grand National? 
Uh, look, your heart goes snap decision for sure. I mean, he's just done it over here. He's been this great, uh, you know, great kind of icon in our sport. He's 12 for 21, made 749,000 over hurdles. He's yet to win a championship. He will go down. If he doesn't ever win a championship as far as horse of the year, uh, he will go down the likes of a leaping frog. who was the, 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 the best uh, horse to ever run over jumps and not be champion. So uh, obviously rooting for him, um, but he's up against it. As Jessica said, two and five eights on soft ground His race at aqueduct. I thought was pretty weak. I was a little disappointed by that. He, he, I, I'm there. I'm never been convinced that he wants to be in front. They've kind of allowed him to be a front runner and he's kind of sitting duck, even in Nashville, he's in front a long way and took a brilliant ride by Paul town to beat him on Scaramanga but um i'd like to see him a little off the pace and um just try to try to settle in a little bit especially going two and five eights but if you look at his race in farrell's last year that was a weak race jack fisher put him away for the summer this year tried to bring him back fresh for far hills the rain tomorrow if they really get a half inch or three quarters of an inch of rain that just swings the pendulum so much to horses like Seddon and salvador ziggy who are you know they're solid european horses if you look at horses that you know he's um, Salvador Ziggy's was second in the carry national Seddon's at one of the Cheltenham festival. Um, they're solid. I mean, and these, this race now going two and five eights as the rain has come has just, it's just made, it's just swung more in a European type horse rather than the American type horse. A out of all the others, I'd take Scorpion's revenge probably has some value. His race in the Urquo is very good. He did a lot of running down the backside, more running than Scaramanga did, um, and, and ran well. He was meant to run it out aqueduct it was a paperwork issue um so he didn't run um but he, he's a nice horse and, and cyril murphy's horses run fresh so i'd give him a long look at a price i think he can handle the ground he's got some irish blood although he's usually run on firm ground but he handled nashville he's handled some other spots like that that'll be an interesting one i think in terms of price with scorpions revenge would that be your top pick or would it be between uh would it be between the the european form of the two yeah, no, if I was just picking, I think Salvador Ziggy's uh, Salvador Ziggy, my first choice. Seven would be my second choice, and then um, Scorpion's Revenge, Snap Decision, probably in their third. Um, value wise, I'd be looking for Scorpion's Revenge. I think if you can get if you can get ten to one on him or something like that, I think that's a good price. Well, remind six, me again, Dallas, what what price are we looking at for the one? Yeah, sixteen dollars at the moment, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, yeah, yep. a little bit better than ten dollars, Sean. So up you go. Yeah, up. give me some of that. Yeah. <laughs> everyone the more you put on the more you get back <laughs> download download that app as soon as you drive across the border sean and we'll we'll uh we'll fight we'll fire away there friends in new jersey <laughs> that's the good thing you well right for year round you right do. now i when need somebody right state, now good you know so that's that's the good news all right, guys, we're almost out of time, but we just have one more race to look at. So I say we we go ahead and do it quickly. We go to our nightcap, which is the Forbes Memorial. $100,000 race, two miles to close things out for us and a field of eight. Sean, we'll keep it with you. Uh, I have one in here, King Tsunami, full uh, full disclosure, 15 to 1. He's at a big price. Same thing, into mischief out of Bernardini Mayor. Doesn't really strike you as uh, as uh, soft ground, although his, uh, his second dam is My Typhoon, so maybe she maybe that'll help him get home. Oh, fun. that's a fun I, pedigree. I don't know if she handled soft ground, but she was a real runner, so uh, I'm obviously rooting for him. But uh, this is an interesting race. I mean, I, I think the outside McLovin obviously has the best flat form. 
I was thinking he'd be up against it at the hunt meet. And then I looked, he's, he actually run a Kentucky downs twice. So he's got a little bit of experience going up and down hills, which kind of makes him, I think a little bit tougher. Um, I'm not sure about soft ground for him. And, but there's no real standouts on soft ground in here. Most of them are American. Agitaire won it last year. His form has dropped off from I mean, just dramatically since then. He had a training flat race at Fox field, um, which was fair. Not, he was a long way behind the hero next door, but um, he, 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 he's, you know, he, did it last year uh he's live who's counting sean mcdermott's done a lovely job with that horse uh coming off a jump win riptide rock was very impressive at colonial downs in a race that that race was restricted for jumpers when you see that i mean he, he ran a he, there's your number you ran a 78 bar but that race was for jumpers horses who had run over jumps at the meet and hadn't won so just make sure you sit and notice that that was that was a restricted um allowance race that day hey, same question feet to the fire where are you leaning right now if I mean, I'd say I, I'd, I'd go McLovin on, just on the class. I think he's just got a class edge on everybody else, and he's been around Kentucky Downs twice. So, um, not much price, but um, little value. I'd probably go who's counting for some value, maybe. All right, a couple of ideas there. What do you think, Jessica? I'm a little intrigued by the seven Scano uh, for Liam Bork, who I believe just saddled his first winner as a steeplechase trainer, Sean, if I'm right. Yeah, that, that horse was actually, see, if you look in that line, he won a training flat race in Middleburg a week ago. He did actually, he did it well um, and, and did that nicely. But he's coming back in a week, but yeah, uh, it was good that day for sure. Yeah, it was, it was a really good performance and kind of a young trainer who I think might, might be a name in a few years we're talking about a little bit more. So Scano off of that, I think kind of interesting. You have to think he's fit at least. And sure. I mean, I've been at parks for a while, so I, I see these quick turnarounds and they don't bother me that much anymore. <laughs> now that, that, the, the, the turnaround wouldn't bother me. I mean, that's a training flat race, no purse. You use it as a work a day out, tightens them up. It wasn't a hard race on them. I wouldn't worry about a weak turnaround on that. It, it was it's that those races, when you see that race show up as a training flat race, there's no purse. So it's absolutely designed for a work. I mean, that's the only reason the horse is in it. And most of the guys are designing that work to, to use it as a work. If they win, they're winning on the bridle. If they're finishing third, they're finishing third on the bridle. So that that's how you kind of can use that, those races. There's no purse. There's no incentive to win. So it's, uh, it's absolutely a, a, a training exercise for sure. In future, we're going to reconvene this paddle panel and go deep into, you know, some of the how to's of jump racing. I think it's an interesting avenue underexplored largely in a lot of the, the, the horse playing handicapping content that's out there. You learned a lot from uh, from both of you guys this show and really appreciate you coming on here. Dallas, we'll, let's bring it home. Let's remind folks one more time about uh, what kind of promos we got going on and, and anything else you want to share with us down there at the islands. Well, I think firstly, uh, Delaware Park, Fairmont Park, obviously here at Caymanus Park on Saturday are all available on the Monmouth Bets website, if you want to bet fixed odds, so it's not just Far Hills and a couple of tra tracks from South America, also on the roster for the weekend. But of course, Pete, as we said, the sign-up bonus, fifty bucks straight away into your account. Re-account, uh, re redepositors get fifty for fifty, and uh, money back for mainly second at Far Hills throughout the day. That so, if you run second up to fifty dollars, you'll get your money back. So you can basically bet for free and. And uh, yeah, if you get beat, beat, you know, run second or whatever it is, you get your money back. Well, we always like to say, do not miss this opportunity to be handed free money. For Dallas, for Jessica, for Sean, for our friends at Monmouth Bets and out at Far Hills Racecourse, 
I'm still thinking about trying to get out there on Saturday. If you see me say hello, I will definitely have my proper uh, jump racing attire and we may have proper jump racing weather. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal for Fixed On Racing. May you win all your photos. Thank <laughs> you.